Hi, very, very happy to present to you today uh, the co-founder and CEO, Casey Farello for OPLM, Other Parents Like Me. Welcome, Casey, to the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate being invited, um, and I'm happy to be here today. Thank you, Casey. So Casey is a co-founder of Other Parents Like Me, which is a virtual membership platform that went live back in January of 2022. And this community that she leads is led by parents, for parents of teens and young adults struggling with mental health issues. And uh, they have daily support groups, they have like live, live uh, weekly speaker talks and monthly expert panels. So it's, uh, they cover a huge platform and they provide a very safe environment and anonymous space for parents and caregivers. And um, Casey form, was a former employee of United Airlines. And after 26 years in United Airlines, she decided to um, take on this endeavor with her co-founder, uh, Liz Rittman. And they created the program of parent support groups at a balanced continuum of care in Arizona in 2020. Casey has three children, uh, which is her driving factor to establish this. Um, and she's been changing lives and she's been supporting other parents uh, like her who've gone through the same journey. And uh, we're very, very proud of Casey and the impact that she's making in the community. So thank you, Casey, for all the work that you're doing for parents. And I'm sure every parent is very grateful for other parents like me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so thank you, Casey. Why don't you? St- why don't we start with um, with some uh, with you telling us what is OPLM and um, who's involved? What's the mission and what's the background of setting it up? I know I briefly mentioned, but it'd be nice to kind of hear from you. Uh, what drove you into doing this and how you set it up? Your journey. Yeah. Well, like you said, I have um, three children, um, and um, they are uh, nineteen, twenty, and twenty-two. Uh, my middle child, my older son, uh, back in high school had significant struggles and his solution was using substances and as a result, really chaos uh, happened here in the family. We had running away, we had a suicide attempt, we had overdose, we were in and out of different um options of programs that insurance would pay for etc and uh it was uh it was it was a tough lonely road and my family felt as if we were prisoners in our own home and we still had one of the siblings was in the freshman year of college and for her it was really a struggle being away and knowing that all this stuff was happening and my youngest was home and just was finding the chaos very stressful i mean running the running away and the in and out and we were very focused on our older son and you know as a result my um my younger son was also cutting to kind of relieve stuff um and he's just in such a great place right now like just our relationship and the work that we did with um, my older son and supporting my my older child with her severe anxiety um, really got us to be different types of parents and so we were able to support our younger son in a better way it's kind of a weird way to say but it, it, it did like there that path helped us and 
because I think you're also learning as a parent, right? Because yeah. parenting, unfortunately, doesn't come with a manual. <laughs> and that growth was really important. That growth was really important for all of us. And I started, my son went off to residential treatment. So I started doing, doing support groups when the pandemic shut everything down. And for that, because for the last year and a half prior to that, we were a fully engaged family into where he was with his residential program and working in family therapy and all this stuff and going and seeing him. And so it was really a very engaged process. And then the pandemic came in 2020 and we couldn't, we didn't have that, that, that personal touch point, even with our, with our child. And but we still wanted that support we were gaining from those families that we got to see, you know, one, every other month. Um, so I created a support group and it went from 14, my 14 personal families to 350. It went from one support group to eight. And that was from, let's see, Mar it was March, uh, right? Everything kind of shut down really. March 2020 and in November I knew that I wanted this to be bigger and that everyone should have this um, and that became my mission and my goal in life was to have the world have support groups the world have learn in different ways and get exposed to different things because what is an aha moment for me may not be an aha moment for you may not be an aha moment for a dad may not be an aha moment for you know a, a mom who has an adopted child a child who's adopted like there's so so i i'm always researching and looking and looking looking for topics that hopefully that's going to be the moment where like oh i get it and i'm gonna work on that and i feel better and really i mean i think we've talked about this unani i i it it was obvious when we got stronger when my husband and I got stronger my my whole family got stronger my my child with anxiety got stronger my my son like his substance use he was no longer like the bad kid identified patient we were walking the path with him and my and I swear that's why I say that my younger is like on a different path because we um we were no longer pulling them. We were no longer fixing them. <laughs> you know, strange you say that. I'm actually fine on the final legs of my book. And the, the key message which I give to all parents, and I keep doing videos on all of this too, is don't fix your children. Just walk with them. I think, and they're looking to you, and the stronger you get, focus on you. The stronger you get, the stronger your child is going to get. But we're so it we we're so emotionally entangled, which is normal, right? Every parent is emotionally entangled with their child that they kind of can't look at the fifty feet strategy and they want to solve their problems and we want to fix them. And I think that's where the problem rises. So you so well said. As you started growing stronger, your child would have automatically got started growing stronger. Wonderful. That's such a beautiful journey. So tell me, when you found the support groups, was that did you reach out to the support groups because you thought you needed support at that point in time? Or was it an internal calling that said that, you know what, you're ready to effectuate change? Oh, it was totally an internal calling. I, okay. I had had, so I felt I had had so much support and there were new families coming in on this journey at the same place where my son was. 
and I was and I felt I needed to give back to them yes. so that they felt even though the world had changed they felt as much support and care that I had felt by being able to be in person with with our 14 fat like you know that was the it, it just I just became my passion my mission yep. my, and and it's and it's every time I talk to a parent every time I'm you know someone who's struggling that is my mission is to find like here how about this 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 you know constantly pivoting because you just don't know what's gonna what's gonna click and um that takes getting to know lots of people lots of different people and lots of different areas and that's why i liked getting to meet you because that is a conversation that i hadn't had was thinking about you know that i do actually have gen z children um and you know navigating through that you know um so yeah i think that's that's the key in life is to be open just because something doesn't speak to you doesn't mean it won't speak to the person you're speaking absolutely 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 and i think there is no viewpoint that's um wrong or right i think it's just a different viewpoint and we just need to keep all of that in mind so very beautifully articulated so tell us um what is the what is your vision for opl my vision is we mm -hmm. are going to be 24 7. we're going to be 24 7 and we're going to be global and the reason we want to be 24 7 is because i want anyone anywhere in the world to be able to be on a support group at a time that works for them Wonderful. and that's why we record our speaker talks because my hope is, yes, I have a couple parents, 20 parents, two parents, whatever, however many come, they come and they ask the questions that those who are watching the recordings later who couldn't attend at that time can go and learn from. And anybody who's listening to that podcast, I've been a speaker on the speaker talk for OPLM and it's a great experience. So reach out to Casey and uh, she's a wonderful host and her team is very strong. So you'll be very well welcome to so reach out to Casey. Um, so Casey, that's from your mouth to God's ears, 24 by 7, 365 days of the week, from your mouth yep. to God's ears. Um, thank, thank you for you. sharing that with us. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So tell us what has your journey been? I know you, you've shared briefly on uh, your children struggling with mental health issues. Where are they now and how are you managing OPLM along with um, their mental health issues? Um, my middle child, the one who was struggling, he's home. Um, mm -hmm. He still has, uh, he still does have some substance use, but he manages it. We have guardrails. We've learned how to self-regulate, how to have boundaries, how to communicate differently, and how to do self-care. And I didn't know that was a possibility. Um, if I do all those things, that I am in a space when he's struggling to help him. And it's really vice versa. He's also, because he's so much stronger than he ever was, he really is able to kind of walk alongside me when I'm having, you know, harder days. Um, and same thing with my other two. Um, and that's, that's, that's the key that I've noticed is they, 
fully support what I'm doing. They love what I'm doing. They my my mid, middle child fully embraces giving back um, and always is kind of like, how can I help? How can I help? Um, and my older one was involved for our first year behind the scenes um, and really got so passionate about it that she's gone into the business world because she wants to go off and be an entrepreneur herself. So mom inspired. That's kind of cool. Um, and my, my youngest, I mean, he's just really navigating things really well. I, I just, there's such a difference. And I feel stronger because I am not that I, I loved being a flight attendant. I loved, I loved it. I did it 26 years and I didn't know what my next mission was going to be. And finding my passion that I didn't know existed at this age is huge. And I, my, my children getting to see you do not have to be limited by your age or your, um, yeah, I know you're doing the same thing. You're in kind of a second life. Um, they, they're, it's, ins I, they've shared it's inspiring because they know that they will, because I've never, I'm not stuck in a box. They do not feel that they have to be stuck in a box. And that's what I talk about. Like when, when I get, when your fan, when you get stronger, your family gets stronger because they know, you know, Hey, look, my mom's doing hard things. And, and yes, sometimes it's really hard and sometimes it really sucks. And sometimes I see her cry cause she's like, Oh, this is so much work, but they're seeing the, the growth and the change. And it's really cool to watch them kind of pushing their out of their comfort zone. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh yes that is right i i can totally understand when you're starting your own business and especially when you're meeting your passion you eat breathe sleep that i mean i i think then it's not work right you just constantly go and go and the other day i was having a conversation with a friend and i said look this is so close to my heart and i'm um, so passionate about doing it that i don't know how to give myself rest and yesterday mm -hmm. i looked so beaten up and my social media person called me saying i need to do a few videos i said if i come on to the video like this people are going to be scared of me so i need to first rest <laughs> and i need to learn self-care <laughs> yes, so, yes we have to really remind ourselves to do self-care totally understand and so what is your one message mm -hmm. sorry crazy go ahead, go ahead. Mm -hmm. no no go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead i think that's what is the biggest lesson that i have taken away from my journey with the when we were in crisis was learning self-care to give myself time and and compassion during that during the really really difficult times and that has served me well for where i am now so self-compassion is a big part of your journey mm -hmm. so what what message would you give to all those parents who are struggling with um, teenagers who do substance abuse and they've just found out and uh, they don't know how to deal with it. What would you say? Get support. Go do some learning. Um, there's lots of places that you can start to navigate through it and learn different tools to affect change with your child. Um, I, I, I mean, I love 
the Foundation of Change, they have a program called Invitation to Change, and I really invite people to go because it really delves you into tools um, along this journey. And um, the, but that's one part. Going to also support where you can like just talk about whatever kind of topic communication oh that's really hard let's talk about that boundaries let's talk about that where you can have with a whole open dialogue with a bunch of parents that for me at the time was only Al-Anon and that didn't that was hard for me because I had to walk into a room I had to walk into a room locally (laughs) and that's another reason why we're on zoom that's why you do not have to turn your camera on. You don't even have to put your name in there. You can call yourself Snoopy because that's so hard as a parent. Yes. A, we're worried. We're worried about multiple things. One, that people are going to find out and they're going to think I'm a bad parent that I did this. I mean, I have three kids, one with severe anxiety, one who's used substances, which is because he doesn't have good self-esteem and one who was cutting. I mean, like, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have my yeah. own judgment, but that's what that's it's hard. And this the second part of that uh is uh oh I just had a moment there. I was so passionate about what I was saying about taking care of myself and taking care of yourself that you, you asked, can you repeat your question for me one more time? <laughs> no, that's okay. How do you get over and boiling down to that, how do you get over that stigma? that mental stigma that is stopping you from A, reaching out for support and B, getting over that self-inflicted guilt that you are a bad parent and that's why your child is going through what they're going through. How do you deal with something like that? The moment that I started those support groups in 2020 and there were 30 people in the room and I was telling my story or I was sharing on a topic that we were talking about, you know, how boundaries are hard for me or, you know, whatever was going on. And everybody in the windows started shaking their heads. I call them bobbleheads. That was when I was changed. And it really created a situation where I did not feel alone anymore. And that I'm not the only one living in chaos, that I was not the only person living in chaos behind my four walls. And that was huge for me to be comfortable. First, talking with people who get it helped that first step out. And then the most amazing thing happens. You start to get comfortable talking about it with other people. Then you start talking about it with friends and you start talking about it with, with family. You start talking about it just like at the grocery store. And the number of people who say, oh, yeah, I have a, I have a cousin. Oh, my, my son is doing that. My, or, or my dad or, or my, you know, I, my, my mom struggled with mental health. My child is struggling with mental health. My, it, you realize how big 
Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And as you know, I, I do mental health with youth. I am a life coach for youth. Um, and I find it extremely hard because sometimes uh, parents don't understand the difference between therapy and life coaching. And even to come forward as um, uh, and get their child a life coach, they find there is a stigma attached to it, especially in our culture. The culture that we come from, um, there is a stigma attached to mental health. And whereas I want to tell them, look, um, it's not like your child is struggling. I mean, of course, I'm doing a little bit something different, but it's not like your child is struggling with mental health. It's just that they need guidance. So even with that, they struggle. Like, because they feel that they're not being a good parent and that's why they're getting an external life coach. So I can't even imagine how difficult it is for parents to actually come out and say, yes, there is a problem with my child and my pop, my child is either cutting or doing substance abuse. So that's a big one. And I would like to reiterate Casey's point to everybody who's listening to this podcast is um, um, it's the first step. Yeah. And then there is healing. It's that first uncomfortable baby step that you need to take towards healing and then there will only be good times between you for you and your child but as they say comfort just grows so you just have to uh, take that brief step um, so yeah very brave of you Casey very very brave of you I think every parent needs to hear that podcast and learn from you who has a, a struggling mental health child um, Going on to our next point, now this is, uh, you gave uh, beautiful steps for our parents. What about our young youth who are struggling with mental health? What about them? What message do you have to say to them? Seeing your own three kids. get it and if that's not the safe place for you to turn to your parent turn to an adult that you feel there's this judgment worry just like us just like that parents there's a judgment worry for the kid too that 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 that, that uh, adult who's always you've always felt safe with um as your first step just like just like us sharing what's going on behind your probably closed bedroom door <laughs> is a first step out for yourself as well. And I know it's scary, but I would also say what one of the things that my son learned on his path is being in a room with other kids struggling, how powerful it was to have other people, just like I said, nodding their heads when he was saying, you know, I feel like nothing in, in, in the center of my body and to have other kids say, yeah, I don't feel, I feel like nothing too, or I feel, or I'm feeling this, or I'm feeling that. And, and to actually feel in a space where you can, as a teen or adolescent, it's getting much younger that kids are struggling. And my hope is that you'll feel more comfortable, especially if you see your parents starting to get help themselves. Correct. If they see you getting help, maybe you're getting a therapist and you're being open about it, that's another part, then 
if you're being open as a parent, I'm going to a therapist, I'm going to a life coach, I just kind of navigating some things right now, you're just giving that little window for your teen to that crack that's going to give them a toe forward into also asking for help. That's so beautiful. Thank you, uh, Casey. Yes, I agree. And I work with children who are uh, struggling with self-esteem and cutting and depression and all of these things um, uh, that are stopping you from becoming the best version of yourself and because of your own limiting beliefs. So, And I t request every parent that your, the stigma that you're feeling with this is far less than um, the amount of damage that is being caused to the child. So step out. The world is the world. The world is going to say what they're going to say. It doesn't matter. Your child needs help. And it's time for you to recognize that your child needs help and go out and get that help because uh, that's your, your child is going to appreciate you for the rest of your life just because you didn't worry about that stigma and you stepped out to do this. So, um, yes, I think we need to keep strongly sending that message across, uh, Casey. So thank you for sharing that. And any last few words for our youth? Uh, you've had a great journey. You've raised three strong children who've come out of uh, mental health issues. So I'm sure you're a big proponent of sending key messages to youth. What would you like one key message to our youth which is going to make them stronger and more resilient in this big bad world? What you see on your phone, on social media, is not always telling you the truth. Good. Thank you. Thank you. That half-eaten apple from the back, which looks really pretty on the front. Yes, I agree with you. So agree with you. And don't let social media define who you are. Don't let it define how you lead your life and what you do. And don't let social media tell you you're not enough because you're enough and you're perfect just the way you are. Thank you so much, Casey. That was a beautiful, beautiful podcast and I'm sure it's going to resonate with a lot of parents and thank you for taking out the time to be with us today. I know you're super busy, so it's great to have you on our show. And uh, again, I will request any parent to reach out to Casey who's struggling um, and to join her support groups and reach out to her to do her speaker talk if you guys are interested. Thank you, Casey. Lovely to have you. Thank you, Anadi.